Two dub dads discuss daughters being understanding, sharing parental responsibility, conception. Hello and welcome to our podcast. This is Two Dud Dads. I'm Boogie and he's John Mellis. Hello, John. Hello, mate. Uh, We're a couple of mates who've met many years ago working as DJs on the same radio station in Aberdeen. And this show is all about how you become a better dad. We're dads already, but we've been told that there's always room for improvement. So that's why Two Dud Dads was born. Now, John, introduce your kids. What have you got? Uh, I have uh, one of each flavour. I have Josh, uh, who is just about 14 years old. He's 14 on Sunday. Uh, He's also your godson. And uh, I don't know if you remember. And I'm also- Sunday. Yes, mate. Must remember to get him a card <laughs> this year. Uh, yes. And Gracie is my little girl. She is 10 years old. Okay. And what have you got? Um, You've got Amelia. I've you? got uh, just one daughter. Um, her name is Amelia, and she is four and a half, going on 29. <laughs> uh, costing me an absolute fortune. And uh, she will be the one and only, because I've now had the snip. So... <laughs> <laughs> no more Overshare. Yeah. Let's get the overshares in, in straight away early in the podcast. So here's what's coming up. Uh, we have recruited some dude dads. Now, we're dud dads, but these guys know what they're talking about. They are professionals. They've got a lot of experience when it comes to being a dad. And they're going to try and answer all sorts of dilemmas. See what we did there? Da, da, la, da, dilemmas. It's a dad problem. Um, that you can help. Maybe they're a bit like the A-team. So we're going to call them our dude dads and we'll speak to them later. Uh, Also, you might be about to become a dad for the first ever time because we know what you did in lockdown. So, (laughs) So we've hired a specialist. You're listening to my dad and my uncle Boogie. Two dud dads. Sorry. Now, seeing as how episode one is all about meeting your other half, we thought it would be a good time for you to meet the real stars of our show because we're trying to be educational on Two Dud Dads. And if we're going to do that, we'll need folk who actually know something useful. And that ain't me or him. So here's a lady who's going to help guide you through your pregnancy and help with anything that might come up. It's Bex Armstrong. Hey, Bex. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? We're good. Now, look, in the interest of full disclosure and clarity, I have to say I already know Bex because she's the wife of one of my groomsmen, Murray. Uh, how is Maz, by the way? He's very good, very Excellent. fit and well. But I don't want you thinking that's why Bex is here. You know, it's because it's my mate's wife. You know your stuff, right? So tell us your background in this field and why you decided to do it and where your expertise extends. So I'm a degree educated uh, with a health science degree acupuncturist um, and women's health specialist. So my background is a clinical um, women's health Uh, acupuncture clinic in Australia for six years full-time, sat under a master for three years uh, post-university and my area of interest is hormone fluctuation in women, specifically um, pregnancy, postnatal and menopause. I'm also a a qualified doula and have attended over 80 births. Um, So I have a real sort of women's health bent in the pregnancy, postnatal and menopause um, areas of a woman's life. Okay, now Bex, doula, that's one of these words that you hear about um, when you sort of become pregnant, people say, oh, are you going to get a doula? Yeah. Um, what, what exactly is a doula? Is there more than one kind? Is it, is it all postnatal or antenatal? Uh, there's a, there, as many um, people as there are, there are different kinds of doulas. So there are two main doulas, which is an antenatal and a postnatal doula. Some doulas do both. Some 
some do one or the other. Um, basically, what a doula is is um, is a non-medical support person. So while I'm medically trained, I don't do any um, uh, Western medicine within the, the confines of a doula uh, relationship. So you're basically looking at it's a support person that has a good understanding of what the process is and basically tries to make you feel better and lower the stress levels to help you try and achieve the birth that you would like. And a postnatal doula comes in and essentially just looks, well, depending on what they do, but they look after the mum, they can help with feeding, they can sometimes do the washing, um, move the kids around. It just depends on the kind of needs that the mum has and the skills that the doula has. You said you, you've helped, was it 80 births yeah i think over 80 i kind of lose count but yeah i've just i've had over about 80 yeah the last birth was two weeks ago baby sophia so and that was the second birth with that um mum and dad so we had a baby teddy two years ago 18 months ago together okay and and what stage of the pregnancy do you get involved i mean are you there from three months in six months in i mean what when do people come to you and say right okay this is happening, I need a doula. Yeah, so when I, it's a really good question. When I was in Australia and running a full-time acupuncture and pregnancy sort of clinic, I would be called the second that people peed on sticks. <laughs> so if they confirmed it with their doctors, no, seriously, if they confirmed it with their doctor, generally they would call and book me because you, I can only do one birth a month because you want to be able to get there and you've got two weeks before and two weeks after the due date, depending on sort of the mums. And so you kind of book like that far in advance. And I was a doula that looked after movie stars and people of note. So they really kind of organised themselves very early. Now in the UK, I run in a a very different way and I generally will back up for someone that's how I actually was the for Teddy's birth I was the backup doula for somebody else so I was wow. just like on the off chance and it turns out that I was there on the day and then we we had the second baby together but I've done births that literally like hi I need somebody Bex you phone me and I attend if I can and then at the worst case you would sort of book them maybe two weeks in advance just before you're just about to have the baby that's a panicked mum but you might not get the doula of your choice if you wait that long so if you if you can do something around the six month mark you'll more than likely get somebody basically what a doula is is continuity of care so it within the coronavirus sort of as we are at the moment the doula might not be able to go to the hospital that that is changing but basically a lot of times you want somebody that is there for the duration of your labour. So you want somebody that you can call that can come and look after you. It sort of depends on the kind of way that you have a birth. A home birth, you get a midwife earlier, they stay, they don't go to anyone else and they're yours. But not, uh, unfortunately, not all births can be home births and some need intervention. So the doula would more than likely go with you to the hospital. They'd labour with you at home, go with you to hospital and then be there until the end. End. but I'm trained in like five different versions of hypnobirthing and I'm a mindfulness coach so 
you use the tips and tricks that you have and this is where every jeweler is different you really need to find the one that you connect with i'm trained in all versions of massage if you can name it i'm probably trained in it i'm an acupuncturist so i can use my acupuncture i've done the hypnobirthing but i am a specialist in this area a lot of doulas are just mums that have had babies that would like to help other women have a better experience or have a, an experience like their own. When I did my doula course, I was the only person that hadn't had a baby. Wow. Yeah, I was actually going to ask that, yeah, um, about how many you've had yourself. <laughs> yeah, none. Um, I, I treat it like a profession, not, um, not something that I'm doing myself. I don't presume for one minute that, that I am the doula for everyone because a lot of women want to have doulas that have had babies and they want doulas that have had babies the way that they would like to have babies. So um, they're funny about not wanting a doula that's had a Caesar, for instance. You've got to find the right person. We, we should probably chat before we came on. You're not on call right now, are you? I'm not. No, I've just moved. <laughs> oh, I've just that. moved house. So, uh, baby, I, I actually changed my moving date um, for our house because I was on call and I just needed to make sure that we didn't move before the baby arrived. So, yeah, so I've just moved house. Well, just take it seriously then, huh? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, so as a doula, like I don't, um, when I go on call, I'm, I'm yours. Um, 24 hours a day, you have direct line access to me. If you, if you are in the middle of the night, you need to call cause I won't wake up to a text, but, uh, I don't drink. I don't eat smelly food. I don't leave town. I am yours. So, and I, and I react. So I take it really seriously. And I think most doulas do as well. Can I just ask you, you, you said you just moved, right? So you, you've, yeah. you've actually moved cities. So you're in a yeah. new place. Countries. I've moved yeah. countries. Yeah. How, <laughs> did, how does a client find you? I mean, you, you're in a new place. Do you have to start all over? Uh, yeah, you do. Realistically, if I wanted to run a business, then basically all you need to do is really contact the maternity departments in the different hospitals. I'm a member of Doula UK, so uh, you could just look up a doula in your area. If I was going to try and make a business of it, you'd go to NCT and introduce yourself to all the teachers. You would um, go to the hospitals and show the hospitals your background and have a chat to them and get to know them and make sure that um, some hospitals are really funny about doulas. So mm. you find out who the, and then there's like nests of doulas. I don't know quite what you call them. Um, lovely groups of doulas. So they meet up and there's, so a, there's, a, there's a, a task for next week. Area. Find out what's a collective noun for a group of doulas. Yeah, That's no something idea. for us to look up. I love in. They're generally lovely, lovely, very caring people. So um, I, let's call them a love-in for the sake of it. Because yeah, Bo Boogie and I have come up with an ad jingle for you that we think would work brilliantly. Yes. Ready? It, Two. Do you oh. want to stick it? Thumbs up? Yeah. Three. Yeah. I, I need a doula. 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 Never mind. Really. You guys are terrible. Do the... you want to try it again? <laughs> nah, no, no, we don't. No, no, we're, 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 just, we're, we're consigning that one to the scrap people already. Now, listen, Bex is going to be with us every episode this season. All the details are going to be on the show notes, and you'll get that wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Amelia, and you're listening to my daddy on Two Dad Dads. We're on episode one of Two Dad Dads, all about hooking up, so it's a good time to meet all of our team. Here come our dude dads. So these guys are worthy of the title because they excel in their own category of fatherhood. One is here in his capacity as a dad of each flavour. 
and the other as a dad of twin girls. They also both happen to be with DJs, like Boogs and me. This is what happens when there are no actual researchers attached to a project. It's Grant Stott and Gary Spence, our two dads. Welcome, guys. Thank you very Hello. much. Hello, Hello, nice to be here. Thank you for coming on, especially when we haven't even discussed the fee. Let's have an introduction. So we'll start with you, Grant. Mm. I've worked with Grant for many, many years at Radio Forth. You have two kids. You've got a son called Sam and a daughter called Laurie. How old are they now? Sam is 23 and Laurie is 19. Both of them just celebrated their birthdays in June. And uh, there is like a week between the two of them. So if you're very, very clever, you can work out our wedding anniversary <laughs> 24 years ago and <laughs> 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, so it's just one of these bizarre things. Because funnel of Claire and I, I'm the 13th and she's the 21st of May. So our birthdays are a week apart. And then in June, we've got both the kids' birthdays pretty much a week apart so we just get you know we batter both of all well everybody's birthdays get battered over four week period in may and june and then that's it done so what's what, nine months before june would be october so that's september. halloween is it september, september. Oh, okay. i was gonna say september uh, yeah. see who's getting the willies for halloween but um, <laughs> <laughs> i think we know the answer to that now um, but are, are they both are they both still in the house or have they moved out what's the story well they were back they were back for lockdown uh they have now gone laurie has gone to she just started university in york uh and she started that last year and everything was, it was i felt out of all of us laurie suffered the most during lockdown because she just sort of left the coop. She'd she'd moved out to York. She'd started life in uni. She was uh, having an absolute ball working down there and, and living down there and had her own place down there and everything like that. And then came back for a wee break at Easter and was stuck with her mum and dad again for about another five months, uh, which was uh, which was tough on her. Sam was meant to be going back to America. He's been going to America every summer for, 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 for Camp America. That obviously went out the window. So he's now gone to Sweden. So he's over there coaching, playing basketball in Sweden. So we've now got an empty again, because Laurie's way back to New York. And I have to say, it's rather nice. <laughs> you know, people, people say to us, oh, you must be missing the kids. It must be terrible. Just not just that big. And it's like, it's all right, actually. You know, the house is as tidy as it was when we get home. And uh, there's never a threat of a, a, a troop of teenagers coming in on a Saturday night to, to spoil your night. So, no, no, it's, it's all going rather well. They're 23 and 19. Do you feel that you've, you've almost completed fatherhood? Like you're, you're at the other end of it? <laughs> I think, I think, no, uh, you're always going to get a text, you're always going to get a phone call, and uh, you're always going to have to spring into action. The only difference being you're not there hands-on. So that's the difference with Laurie being in York and Sam being in Sweden, there's obviously distance to play. But yeah, you never never completely relax. You're never really off duty. You just wait for that that call, that text to, that can change something, be it a financial request, be it a dad, I've had a letter from the tax, what do I do, <laughs> how do I sort that out? Um, things like that. So, so no, I don't, I don't think you're work has ever done as a as a parent you are you're living my dream because i <laughs> hear people talk about oh but the emptiness syndrome and it was the same after we got married somebody a male at my work said listen i know you don't think you'll get this but you'll get the post-wedding blues where you won't have a wedding to to plan and i thought he was office 
and rocker. I think, and I know I'm going to feel exactly like Grant does now. I'll be sat back with one of seven rooms to choose from because they've bucked up the last. <laughs> I just wander about the house going, ah, oh, where am I going to sit now? I can sit here. <laughs> I can go back to the fridge. I'll have a beer because I know when I put beers in last night, they're still going to be there tonight <laughs> because no one's nicked in and, and, and stolen them. So, yeah, it's, um, I mean, we miss them and, and it's going to be, you know, Christmas, for example, everyone will flood ours, which is what always happens with our nephew and our niece as well. So, uh, so I think we're striking a nice balance now. Gary, here's the thing: when you're when you're a dad of twins, um, how how early on in the pregnancy did you find out that it was twins? We found out very very soon in. We actually we we lived. Well, I say we lived. I lived in my flat, and I don't know if you gents had this, but that thing happened where she moved in, but not in an official way. Where like you sign something and share the rent, she just moved all her shit in and uh, <laughs> uh, laid in a pile in the corner of the room. So we decided after going on holiday to Thailand that we would move in together and we found out the night that we moved into the new flat that Ruth was expecting and we thought well that's fine because you know it was halfway up a hill it was two floors up in a tenement block but we just thought well keep us fit and then we found out maybe we found out as early as you can because Ruth wanted to get a private scan and of course I'm like I'm not doing anything bloody privately NHS is good enough for me but it turned out you could get an earlier one um, she was just desperate to know what we were having and just get it confirmed. So I think it was actually before the. I don't know how it works. See, you forget everything. What is it? You get a twelve-week scan. Is that the first? Yeah, you can get, if you can get you can get it early if you go if you go private. We did the same. So it's like six weeks or eight weeks or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's what we did. And then again, you know, we went in and saw the scan, and I'd never been in that scenario, so um, I felt a bit stupid when it when the scan came up. I instinctively said. And this sounds stupid, but I said, oh, bloody hell, there's two. Thinking that was making some sort of joke. And then of course, she said, uh, sorry, pal, <laughs> there is two. So yeah. I was like, that's my job. <laughs> you, you play the record. <laughs> I've played for four years. It still blows my mind. I'm sure it did for you when you look at these scans and they're saying, right, that's the heart chamber there and that's one of the light. And I'm just looking at all these blobs, you know. So I genuinely thought, you know, I don't know what I thought I was looking at, at two of, but yeah, it, it, there were two. You must have known. It must have been that kind of inner knowledge that I think you sometimes get these. Yeah, moments. that's it. I, you know, I've got to say, we were both as, we both reacted exactly the same way. We were both delighted. I mean, we were so naive. You know, you think you've got to 26 and you've got life sussed and then you find out uh, you've not. Well, we kind of, uh, we were quite young, even though 26 doesn't sound that young. So uh, we were both absolutely over the moon. And, um, you know, it was it was great. I was I was worried immediately because I, you worry all the time. I do anyway. Uh, Ruth got scoliosis. They were premature. They were born at 32 weeks, which... Uh, these days is probably fine just as when they were born at 32 weeks the nurses were saying god 10 years ago you know we'd have helicopters on standby for 36 weeks um they were in the best possible care they were very almost born in ireland because um, because they were premature and because they would be going into intensive care and because they were twins there weren't enough beds so um, we were told the day before that Newcastle, best case scenario, Ireland maybe, and that was that was the real stressful moment because you know family and then trying to visit, and we knew we wouldn't just be in and out in a week. The, the girls were in for six weeks, so fortunately, all worked out really well, um, and they got out by the time of their 
original due date. You guys are going to be our dude dads. Uh, you're our dad experts. You've got lots of experience um, of all different, you have way more experience and expertise than John and I will ever have. So um, what we thought we'd do is get you on every episode and we'll uh, get d- dilemmas or what John's called dilemmas. See what he did there? Sure did. Good work. And um, so if you've got a dilemma dad problem, you like the A-team if you've got a problem and you can find them. Maybe you can speak to the dude dads. So um, you can get in touch on Facebook. Um, just search for Two Dud Dads or uh, twoduddads.com and you'll find us on Twitter, all the usual social bits. Uh, and get your dilemmas in for our dude dads, Grant and Gary. Two Dud Dads is child friendly, except to their own kids. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of Two Dud Dads. Don't forget to check out the show notes for any handy contact details that we might have been talking about. You can find us anytime as well on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram by searching Two Dud Dads. And if you liked us, please make sure to rate and review us and please subscribe. Yes, but only please rate if it's a good rating. Okay, oh, if it's rubbish, don't bother. Yeah. Yeah, 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 don't bother. Just save yourself the hassle yeah. of clicking. Now, next week, the dude dads are going to face their first dilemma. Pex is going to talk through the very early stages of pregnancy. And no doubt um, we'll get something that went wrong between now and then in our lives. So we'll share that in our safe space. Because we are two dud dads. See you next time. 